What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about actor Jake Gyllenhaal and the new movie from Martin Scorsese, The Irishman. But first, let's talk about actor Jake Gyllenhaal, who has become the most interesting actor this past decade with movies like Brokeback Mountain and Zodiac. And it has me thinking about this, about Jake Gyllenhaal. He, to me, there's one person he compares to in his career. It's Kevin Bacon, because both him and Kevin Bacon went down this route of being leading men in big movies. I mean, Kevin Bacon was a lead in Footloose. Jake Gyllenhaal was a lead in The Day After Tomorrow and Prince of Persia. But then they started to take supporting roles in movies by great directors. I mean... Kevin Bacon was in A Few Good Men, then he was in Mystic River, both Rob Reiner and Clint Eastwood movies. I think, like Kevin Bacon, Jake Gyllenhaal has learned it is more important to be the most interesting thing on screen than to be the leading man of a not-so-great movie. I mean, let's look at Jake Gyllenhaal's best movie. You have Brokeback Mountain, directed by Ang Lee. He's on screen for the majority of the film with Heath Ledger, one of the greatest actors of all time. Then he's in Zodiac with Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo, two of the best actors of all time. Then you go down to End of Watch, directed by David Ayer, on screen with Michael Pena, one of the best supporting actors we have working today. Are you getting to see the pattern? Then in Prisoners directed by Denis Villeneuve. He's on screen with Hugh Jackman for a majority of that motion picture with great performances by Paul Dano. Then you have Nightcrawler. He's on screen with Riz Ahmed, and that's directed by Dan Gilroy. As long as Jake Gyllenhaal is in movies with great directors, he can have impact on those movies without being the absolute lead of that movie. Then you have a movie like Tom Ford's Nocturnal Animals, where Jake Gyllenhaal has to play two roles. I mean, he is the absolute lead of that movie alongside Amy Adams. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal can have it both. He can have the same impact on the movie as if he's the absolute lead of the movie and if he's a supporting character. And I don't think there are a lot of actors today that can do the same thing. Just watch the movie Okja on Netflix, Bong Joon-ho's movie. Jake Gyllenhaal is only in about 20 minutes of that movie. He is so over the top, but yet he is still so interesting. You want to follow that character? I mean, he's like a Mr. Rogers type who hosts a show about animals. He's just so over the top. It's entertaining. It's the most entertaining performance in that movie, which I ultimately really liked. I mean, he can just be the most interesting thing on screen without being the lead of a movie. Again, he's only in about 20 minutes of that movie. Then he's in the first movie directed by Paul Dano, Wildlife, based on the book. Jake Gyllenhaal, again, with Carrie Mulligan, gives one of the best performances of his career. He's unique because you can't tell what Jake Gyllenhaal is going to do next. After he's in Wildlife, he's in this Western, the Sister Brothers, with Joaquin Phoenix, with Riz Ahmed, with John C. Riley. You can't tell what Jake Gyllenhaal is going to do next. There's no pattern to doing Brokeback Mountain, Zodiac, End of Watch, Prisoners, Nightcrawlers, Nocturnal Animals, Okja wildlife the sister brothers then this year he's in velvet buzzsaw like his first real horror movie again directed by dan gilroy and he plays this art critic and again like okja it's just an over-the-top jake gyllenhaal performance that i become used to seeing and i really enjoy it like sometimes when an actor does over the top you don't like it but when jake gyllenhaal is over the top he is interesting he is just a bundle of energy i mean okja this uh, nightcrawler over the top jake gyllenhaal is arguably my favorite jake gyllenhaal 
And he also made his return to blockbuster movies starring as Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home with Tom Holland. It was really interesting seeing him in that world, but he didn't take the lead superhero role. Like, I think Jake Gyllenhaal could have played a Marvel superhero. There were rumors of him playing Spider-Man in the past, but he decided to be the villain. He decided to do something different. He's not going to play Mysterio again and again and again. He's going to do something unique and different with a comic book character that's been done before he is one of the best actors to play a marvel villain he did a wonderful part in spider-man far from home i thought it was the best performance of that movie again along with tom holland it was just so interesting to see him back in that world that he had pretty much failed that i mean he prince of persia he wasn't going to work in that kind of world as the leading man but i think he knows it's more important for him to be interesting than it is to be the boring leading man because the boring leading man will get you success at the box office but will not give you a long-lasting career and like kevin bacon before him i think jake gyllenhaal will have a long-lasting career because of how exciting he is on screen not because of his box office bankability but because he can play in so many different genres he can be in a western he can be in a horror he can be in a thriller he can be in a big time superhero movie he is the most versatile actor working on the planet no other actor can do what jake gyllenhaal can do in my opinion in so many different roles in so many different genres it's why he's one of the best actors working today and in my opinion his best performance is in dan gilroy's nightcrawler i mean along with riz ahmed he's just so out of control nuts in that movie it is one of the biggest shames ever that that was not his second oscar nomination i mean he was nominated for brokeback mountain which is great but he is all time great in nightcrawler he carries that movie that is the one movie where jake Hall to me really carries throughout he can that insane amount of energy that entire movie it just works so perfectly with that character it is his best leading performances in the movie nightcrawl i think it is his best performance of his career to date i mean in that movie he's playing a menacing character that you have no idea what he's thinking about you're not rooting for that character but you're compelled to see where the character is going to take it how far he'll be able to go with his career and he's so obsessed with work i mean jake Hall and the nightcrawler is one of the best performances of this past decade. If you, like me, are a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal, here are the movies you need to see of his. Again, Brokeback Mountain, so good with Ang Lee, Zodiac with David Fincher, End of Watch, directed by David Ayer, Prisoners, Nightcrawler, Nocturnal Animals, Okja, Wildlife, The Sister Brothers, Velvet Buzzsaw, Spider-Man Far From Home. Even if you don't like all of those movies, there's at least four of them that everyone will ultimately end up liking. There is no actor more versatile, more interesting than Jake Gyllenhaal. He has given us one of the best decades an actor could possibly give you. He is not just a boring leading man. He is the most interesting thing on screen. Is that That is the best thing I can say about actor Jake Gyllenhaal. And I hope this next decade Gyllenhaal continues to take chances in smaller movies and big movies. I want him to keep being the versatile actor that he is. I don't want him to go back to being the leading man that's going to be in 
a two-hour movie. I want Gyllenhaal to be the guy who can show up in a movie for about 20 minutes and turn the thing upside down the way he did in Okja, the way he did in The Sister Brothers, the way he did in Velvet Buzzsaw. I think that's a unique talent in and of itself is to be interesting without being on screen for a long period of time. And again, not a lot of people can pull it off, but boy, when Jake Gyllenhaal pulls it off, he really pulls it off. Jake Gyllenhaal is one of the best actors of the decade, no doubt. Now let's switch gears and talk about Martin Scorsese's latest film, The Irishman. Here's a quick synopsis. Truck driver Frank Sheeran gets involved with the mafia family, the Buffalinos, as a hitman and works for union leader Jimmy Hoffa. His loyalty between the two is ultimately tested. There's obviously a lot to like about this movie. This is one of the best movies of 2019, but let's start with the obvious. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. They give their best performances in a long time, but I also want to point out it's been an extremely good year for both of these legends. Al Pacino was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He had one of the better performances in that movie by a supporting actor. Then Robert De Niro was in the best scene of the movie, The Joker. So both of them have been in two of the best movies of 2019, with Pacino being in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and De Niro being in The Joker. And also, of course, this, The Irishman. So it's been a pretty good year. I mean, when was the last time? Both of them were in two good movies in the same year. It's probably been a while. I mean, both of them have been playing these roles where it's like, oh, you're the old guy in the movie, whatever. This is not that, and those movies are not that. They have been in some pretty good movies. This year has proven to me they've still got something left in the tank, both of them. It's also obviously a good sign when these two show up in a movie together most of the time. I mean, they made one clunker in like 2006, but they were in Godfather Part 2. They didn't have any scenes together. Then they were in Heat, which is one of the most iconic scenes of all time and in this movie they have a lot of really good scenes together with De Niro being kind of the quieter one and Pacino doing his usual yelling but I think in this movie the Pacino yelling is effective and I think it's one of his better performances of this second half of Pacino's career I mean there's been a lot of yelling since any given Sunday, but this is some of his best work, being a loud man. I think Pacino is brilliant in this movie. I also think De Niro is really good in this movie as well. It's his best leading performance since The Intern, that movie with Anne Hathaway that's really underrated by most people's measures. This is his best performance than that. I mean, he's had a really okay decade if you look at it. He's had a few hits. He was in the movie Joy. He was in the movie Silver Lang's Playbook, but this is old-time Robert De Niro. This is going back to his older-time Taxi Driver Days. This is that kind of performance by De Niro. While Pacino and De Niro are great, there is one man to me that steals this movie. Joe Pesci gives a performance unlike anything he's ever given us. I grew up with Joe Pesci being the loud guy from Goodfellas, the loud guy from My Cousin Vinny, and of course the loud guy from Home Alone. So when I heard Joe Pesci is coming out of retirement to be in a movie, I thought I was getting loud, obnoxious, fun Joe Pesci. He was not that at all. He was not a loud guy from Goodfellas. He was not a loud guy from My Cousin Vinny. He's calm. He's unnervingly calm. You don't know what that man's thinking, and you think he is in full control of the movie the entire time. It is a scary, good performance by Joe Pesci. I think arguably his 
best performance because that's really hard to do. You always think he's the most powerful man in the room. He has presence in this movie. Joe Pesci is the best performance of this movie, and I don't think it's really close. While I like Pacino in this movie, while I like De Niro in this movie, I love Joe Pesci in The Irishman. It is effective. It is cold. He comes off as the most powerful man in the room, and in the end, he's the one who kind of does win, at least with Frank Sheeran. I mean, in the end, something bad does happen to him, but he is the most powerful man in this movie, and he plays it like it. He is super cool in this movie. This is far and away Joe Pesci's movie. I also want to talk about this thing that nobody seems to want to talk about. The fact that Ray Romano has become one of the best actors in 2019. Yes, he's had really good performances in movies lately. The Big Sick, Paddleton, which he was great in this year, and now you have the Irish men, and he's also in that show, Get Shorty, he has become one of the best actors since Everybody Loves Raymond ended. He was in Parenthood, I thought he was great in that. Ray Romano is one of the best supporting actors working in Hollywood today. I think he's making some interesting choices. For, we're all talking about how Adam Sandler is having a great year, and while I think Adam Sandler is a good actor, I think Ray Romano might be the best comedic actor working today. He can work in dramas just as well as he can work in a comedy because he can be in a movie like The Big Sick and play the funny dad and then he can play the lawyer of the mobsters and the Irishman and you're like, okay, this is believable. I don't know. I just think Ray Romano has been an underrated aspect of this movie that I just wanted to talk about. Well, let's also talk about the other supporting actors in this movie. Stephen Graham, Bobby Cannavale, Jesse Plemons, Anna Paquin, Harvey Keitel, all add to the movie in small supporting roles. This is a really good cast, and this movie, to me, really works. For me, this is Martin Scorsese, one of our best directors, making his version of Unforgiven. Unforgiven is Clint Eastwood looking back at his old western movies and I think this is Martin Scorsese looking back at his old gangster movies because in this movie he takes away the glamour from Casino and Goodfellas is gone De Niro's character is alone in the end and the thing he thought that made him a good provider actually turned out to be his biggest flaw even though in those movies Casino and Goodfellas it never ends well for the characters there's still so much glamour about it like you're like you want to follow Ray Liotta you think he's going through something that exciting Everyone around him thinks that Ray Liotta is a big shot in Goodfellas. Everyone around Robert De Niro in Casino thinks he's a big shot. Well, in this movie, there are important people who think Robert De Niro's character, his family, thinks he is scary. They do not trust him. They do not like him. I mean, that is something different from Casino, from Goodfellas, even The Departed. There are characters that just downright do not want to spend time with Robert De Niro's character in this movie, and that is unlike anything that's been in Martin Scorsese's other gangster movies, in my opinion. I mean, again, just look at Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. You want to spend time with that guy when you're watching it. You think he's fun. Even Joe Pesci in Casino, even though that guy's out of control, you think you're going to have a good time spending time with them. You don't want to spend time with Joe Pesci's character in The Irishman because you think he's scary. You don't want to spend time with Robert De Niro's character because you think he's scary. The only guy you kind of think is okay until he's not is 
Al Pacino's character, Jimmy Hoffa, the union leader. You think he's interesting. But even then, you're like, oh, he's in with the wrong people. This is a movie about how scary these people are. There's no glamour to this movie at all. The glitz and the glamour from the other gangster movies have been taken away completely. And that is a dissection of his earlier career making these gangster movies. He's looking back at his other movies by making this movie. And that's why this is the masterpiece of those other movies. I mean, everyone made a fuss about the de-aging, I think it had zero impact on the movie. It didn't help it. It didn't hurt it. In the end, it really didn't matter. It was about seeing these great actors, De Niro, Pacino, De Niro, on screen together for maybe the final time. And again, we never even had seen Pacino with Pesci on screen before until this movie. I think it was more about that. I think it was more about the fact that Joe Pesci hadn't acted since 2006, that we hadn't seen Pacino be good in a while, that we hadn't seen De Niro be good in a while. That's what it's about. It wasn't about the de-aging. No one really cared about the de-aging. And there's been all that fuss about Martin Scorsese making fun of Marvel. I don't care about any of that. This movie is one of the best movies of 2019 without any of that nonsense. And it's kind of ridiculous that they spent so much money on the de-aging when to me, it really doesn't matter. It's about seeing iconic actors act together because movie stars still matter. That's what this movie proves to me. De Niro still matters. Pacino still matters. And Pesci, of course, still matters to me anyway. I also think it's interesting where we're at with Martin Scorsese. I mean, his last movie was Silence, which I watched, which was three hours that had a really good Andrew Garfield, a really good Adam Driver performance, and a really underrated Liam Neeson performance. I liked the movie Silence. I thought it was pretty long. The Irishman's pretty long, too, but they're also enjoyable movies just to see that a guy like that, Martin Scorsese, can still make movies at his age at that level. It is interesting. But I also think it's interesting that this movie is so different different than some of the other movies he's made. I mean, the difference between Wolf of Wall Street and The Irishman, I mean, and The Departed, I mean, those movies show guys who are vile and evil, but like Leonardo DiCaprio's movie, Wolf of Wall Street is fun, exciting, you feel like it's never going to end because you don't want it to end. The Irishman, I think it's more remorseful for what happened. I think this guy has ultimately regrets at the end of his life, and again, I've never read the book. This definitely makes me want to read the book that The Irishman is based on. I just think it's a reflective work for Martin Scorsese. I think this will be the last time that you see some of these legends on screen together at the same time. And boy, what a way to go out. I thought there was some really great moments in this movie between De Niro and Pacino. I mean, this is the most time they've ever spent on screen together, and it was just worth it to see these guys one final time together give some of the best performances of their career. I mean, this might be the last time we see Joe Pesci on screen Period. He had to come out of retirement to work with Scorsese again, to work with De Niro again, to work with Pacino the first time. He's not going to come back in a Marvel movie for two minutes. That doesn't seem to be Joe Pesci's attitude towards the thing. So if this is Joe Pesci's final movie, this might be the best final performance an actor has ever given on screen. Yes, I'm giving him that acclaim. If he never acts in a movie again, this will be the best last performance a movie star has ever had. 
I think this movie lived up to the hype because it felt like an event when I heard about The Irishman, and it lived up to being that event. Again, it was just the last time you could see movie stars on screen together. And this idea that movie stars don't matter, it's all about franchise building, whatever, it's just nonsense to me, and this proves otherwise. The fact that we still want to see De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, even Scorsese is a star in of his in and of himself, because he's one of the best directors of all time. We want to see these people work because we care about them. It's not about the story. It's not about the plot. Even though those things do matter, We a lot of people would have seen a movie with Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, and Robert De Niro, no matter what the plot was. It matters because we cared about these people. We've seen their filmography. We care about them as actors. That's the selling point about The Irishman. I don't know if that many people knew about Frank Sheeran's story and Jimmy Hoffa's story that much. I don't think it ca- the modern audience cares that much. But we do care about these all-time great actors being in maybe their last all-time great movie. Yes, the fact that the movie is really good also matters. Just make a really good movie with movie stars that is original and people will still go out and see it and go out and watch it. Or whether it's on Netflix, people will give it the time of day because they care about De Niro they care about Pacino, and they care about Joe Pesci. That's what it's about. The last thing I'll say about The Irishman is I don't know if it's Martin Scorsese's best movie, but it's going to be up there in the end. You can't mention Martin Scorsese's name without bringing up The Irishman. It's one of the best movies of 2019. He should be nominated for Best Director at the Oscar. It's asking a lot, but I think three and a half hours of your time is worth it for Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of Pop Culture Spotlight every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. This week, I put the spotlight on actor Jake Gyllenhaal in the movie The Irishman. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on actress Kira Knightley and Noah Baumbach's new movie, Marriage Story. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 